Welcome to the Yaroki Zero Games Podcast, Episode 16, Interview with Steven Savage. Recording? Yes. Okay. So, uh, I am now at long last recording what's going to be, I believe, episode 16 of the Yaruki Zero Games podcast. And I'm here with uh, Stephen Savage, uh, who you might know from the uh, website seventhsanctum.com with all the awesome generators for names and a variety of different things. And also from the blog fan2pro.com, which is the letters T-O and not the number. Um, which is about fandom uh, and how it can uh, help you build a career. So this is going to be my first time recording a podcast with a guest actually in the same room as me with my little uh, Sony digital recorder. So we will see how the quality on that works out. So, okay, Stephen, why don't you tell us a little about yourself first? Well, thanks for uh, inviting me, Ewan. Um, me, uh, I'm actually a technology project manager, formerly a programmer, so uh, I've been in the uh, technology and geek scenes for a very long time. I wrote Seventh Sanctum uh, in its first incarnation uh, about 11 years ago when somebody at a mini-con had noted that a lot of attacks in anime dubs sounded like they were assembled randomly, and having been a role-playing gamer for... <clears throat> decades, anything involving randomness instantly attracts my attention. So what started as a one-program joke evolved into about 140, 150 generators 11 mm. years later, and it's kind of my hobby. Um, the other thing I do on the side is, as Ian mentioned, I do fandapro.com. My uh, other hobby and kind of my crusade is that several years ago, I and my friend uh, Bonnie, who's my co-blogger, realized that a lot of people we met in fandom and cons were incredibly talented, had great potential futures, and didn't have a lot of career direction or support. And we thought about doing a book, we thought about doing other things, then we founded a blog, which ironically is becoming a series of books. Mm -hmm. And that's the uh, other thing I do when I'm not busy with Gantt charts and Scrum workflows. So those are the kind of two things I do, stimulate creativity and tell uh, all you geeks, fans, and otaku out there that you can and will and should be running the world <laughs> and helping you do it. All right. Uh, what do you do in the way of, because you, know, you do the Seventh Sanctum site, which is at least initially aimed at RPGs. So what do you do in the way of RPGs yourself? Um, I've actually gone more computer the uh, last few years. I uh, play computer RPGs, ironically or not ironically, no MMOs. I also have done freeform story RPG, which is fun because you can do it in person, on the net, kind of like uh, collaborative writing. And uh, that's really enjoyable mm. with the right group. I came into RPGs with D&D 2nd Edition, 
Um, we all remember that when your character could survive a fall at terminal velocity if they were high enough level. <laughs> oh, those special days. <laughs> uh, I've also played a little bit of GURPS. I was a big Champions addict in and after college. I still think the original hero system was great, and I have all the books. And um, yes, and mostly as of late, it's been computer games as well. But with the trends of uh, pen and paper RPGs coming back, I'm starting to get curious about mm. what's out there. Okay. Um, all right. So uh, let's talk about Seventh Sanctum a bit. Um, you know, I know that if you were to uh, compare what's in the Seventh Sanctum quick name generator database with characters in my novels and RPGs, you would find a, a near total match. But <laughs> I have um, depressing moments when I see something on TV or read something in comics and go, that sounds like something my generator's made, uh, and then I'm forced to wonder. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, I'm not sure what to ask about that. What, what is... How do I do it? Yeah. This is kind of funny, um, but um, I've always loved the idea of what randomness does to help us get inspired. Mm -hmm. And really, an RPG, one of my generators, brainstorming, is kind of a magic trick. We throw a few dice, we look at a table, a program assembles some words, but our imagination takes those creations and fills in the gaps. Mm -hmm. So over time, I actually developed a philosophy of how to break down a generator and how to break down an idea so it can be randomized, but really it's a way of finding the right triggers and arrangements of ideas hmm. that make your brain fill in the gaps. Uh, give you an example, um, let's say we're, you, know, you and I both watch anime. Mm -hmm. um, I was there before Pokemon happened, so everyone... I'm old. If I were to say, let's cross uh, magical girls and monster trainers, your mind would fill in the gaps. Your mind might fill in the gaps with the words Cardcaptor Sakura, but still, your mind can fill in the <laughs> gaps. And it's that ability to fill in the gaps with certain triggers is what generators, and in many cases, the writing and designing good RPG are all about. And mm. I said I have a philosophy about how that works. It's probably something I should write down sometime. Because mm. I've been, uh, like with uh, Made the Role-Playing Game, I'm getting more interested in how, how randomness can inform mm. RPGs. and. You know, I've been thinking about it, but I'm really interested in someone having a philosophy about it because I've written up like random event tables and mm -hmm. stuff for it, and my approach is just kind of to empty out my brain until there's nothing left. Now, it's actually more more complex than that because mm -hmm. there's certain cases of things that will trigger these associations. It's not always what you put in, for instance, it's sometimes what you leave out. Mm. So if you had a, say, character generator for uh, one of your games, Maybe you could base it on, there's six basic villain archetypes, but then you'd roll on a table to see what typical trait is missing. Hmm. Maybe the, you know, the, let's take the typical, you know, anime villain who's the usual sadistic, messed up, sexually ambiguous, uh, you know, the Delandu school of designing incredibly <laughs> crazy people, and then take away one of their traits. Maybe there's no cackling. Hmm. Uh, maybe the ambiguity that they gave the character is gone and you suddenly don't have that weird, confused issue that made, for some people, made the character an offensive stereotype. Taking away is powerful. It's not mm. just adding. There's cases of fusing. Different things work better for different ideas. So there's always, um, there's many ways to randomize and I think that the usual brain dump you mentioned is the most common way, but it's really not the only mm. one. 
And I think people miss that when trying to brainstorm. Sometimes it's taking away, sometimes it's fusing, sometimes it's swapping a trait. There's many different ways to do things. That is... <laughs> so I've yeah. thought about this way too much. Yes. My problem is by now my brain makes so many associations I will never run out of ideas. I keep a brainstorm book uh, just for my own creations and I have I go through one every six months and there's a pile of them sitting there that has tons of ideas that won't be used. Wow, okay. <laughs> I think one of my favorites was uh, you know, could you make a side-scrolling bullet hell shooter combined with an MMO? I don't know if you could, but the immediate idea is incredibly awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Probably Treasure would do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, randomization is, yes. there's many ways to do it. And the more you explore it, the more you'll get better at mm. coming up with ideas. Explore how you brainstorm and try different methods. Mm. So it's not always adding, sometimes it's taking away. Okay. Um, so you've been doing this uh, Seventh Sanctum site for, you said, 11 years, was it? 1999. Wow, okay. So, the, for so everyone who wonders, the name was I wanted a generic domain that fit my initials. Uh, so, okay. Stephen Savage, Seventh Sanctum. Okay. And um, I didn't even know what it was going to be at the time, so that's where the name comes from. Okay. Everyone assumes there's some really deep symbolism. It, it sounds like it, but yeah. No, there's there's not. Okay. Like I just got into this uh, electronic music artist called Dead Mouse with a five for the S, and he, the name solely comes from the fact that he found a dead mouse in his computer, and everyone kept referencing it. So Twisted Sister and the band's Rat, which if you know this, uh, these bands are as old as I am. Their names came at random, too. Yeah. Twisted Sister was, like, at one point going to be Metal Angel. Wow. Okay. Um, that is random, all right. Um, <laughs> so, so anyway, since you've been doing this site for 11 years, uh, what can you tell us about, you know, what's happened with it over, over time? What interesting things have people done with it? Um, I think the people that don't know it's random are the most scary kinds of feedback <laughs> I get. Um, I did a generator to make demonic names based off of... Uh, the demons of the Goetia and uh, Hebraic mythology. And then someone did some weird post asking about actual demons. And I'm like, you know, half the names are random characters with EL slapped on the end. <laughs> it, that's kind of weird. Um, I get some interesting suggestions because I never realize what people have trouble creating. I have a disease generator that was created by fan feedback because if you really think about it, coming up with a disease is hard, especially the usual folklore name. Mm -hmm. You know, consumption, piles, you know, the Black Death. Uh, so that was a weird request that then fascinated me. Hmm. So I just kind of had to do it. And each time I do it, I like to explore the language patterns to learn how our minds work to make these things happen. Hmm. Uh, at one point, after doing the Bishotron, which is... Uh, <laughs> I think probably one of my more infamous creations, someone said, well, Steve, you're doing the classic pandering anime willowy androgynous guys generator. Where are the cat girls for the people that like the female fan service? Which made me think, first of all, why didn't I think of that? And secondly, it resulted in me discovering that when you sit there and, you know, you take something for granted, go, oh, look, it's another generic anime mascot, or, you know, it's another person that designed a character based on Merle or Nuku Nuku or Aisha Clan Clan. I haven't seen Outlaw Star in a while. Then I realized there's, like, wow, different ears. Just like mm -hmm. when I did the Bishotron, I went through every hairstyle I could come up with that looked grabbable and masculine, <clears throat> or in the case of most, most Bishonen, masculine. So I had to sit there and think about cat girls. Mm -hmm. 
which was a strange and disturbing experience going through fan art. Um, that was interesting because I hadn't thought about, you know, if I'm doing these anime generators, there's different things. Um, I haven't made a mecha generator yet. I've wanted to make things based on Gundam styles, but I've never really gotten around to it. And the more I've analyzed different mecha styles, it was hard to find out how to kick it off. But I'll finish that someday. Mm. And I just get all these interesting suggestions, and you never think about what people want to draw or do or role play until they tell you, and then you realize you've forgotten this whole group of people. Um, an example would be uh, my latest contest. Uh, a joke, this, this is just a joke, it was an experiment where I noticed that there were a lot of fantasy crossbreeds. I mean, in, in, you know, in anime Inuyasha, and I, well, okay, I guess it's not a spoiler, but also you have some crossbreeds in Yu Yu Hakusho. There's always some case where, you know, some demon, extra-dimensional whore, angel, fantasy shapeshifter decides that your average fantasy world is a singles bar, or there's some <laughs> magical experiment that gives someone non-human DNA. So I made this thing just for the heck of it. It's a contest now. People at DeviantArt were generating these characters wow. with this thing that was basically, eh, I might as well do it. There's a lot of these. So yeah, you just never know. Mm -hmm. And um, what people want to do or draw or role-play or write. That's fascinating to see. Yeah, yeah. I've rambled a bit there, sorry, but no, a lot of stories after 11 years. Yeah, well, I'm, I remember a while back you were talking about uh, there was like an anime title generator. There. Yeah, I used that for a contest as well, and then because uh, romantic anime and manga have different naming styles, I created one just for romance. Uh. But then my friends noted, well, there's many kinds, so I had to have a setting to describe the couple, <laughs> because that would vary as mm -hmm. well. But yeah, that, the anime title generator was a lot of fun because uh, you have to look at stuff ranging from current to the late 70s, early 80s, which include those incoherent names like Plastic Little. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. I've never understood in 20 years of anime what makes Nuku Nuku super cultural. Yeah. But I'm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go figure. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, because mm -hmm. then you have to have an English pattern that matches a foreign translation pattern, and you really find yourself thinking about things. Yeah. And when you get the literal translations of a Japanese title, it, it, until you have been in, in the fandom for a while, it just comes off as really weird. It's like, why is it pretty soldier Sailor Moon? Well, I don't know. Are you asking me? No, I'm just... I just slam words together. I'm yeah. not, you're the guy that knows Japanese. Yeah. I don't know why it's soldier, but yeah, they, they, they do fight things, albeit by posing and launching magical attacks. But anyway, um, I think that's that's more, got even more than I expected to about Seventh Sanctum. So oh, I'm sorry if I rambled on. No, that's that's awesome. Yeah, someday I uh, do want to write up more of it, and I am actually uh, doing more with the site where I want to start looking for blog contributors and other mm. people to help me run it. Because uh, this year and next year, I want to start expanding what it does. Mm -hmm. So if anyone listening to this is actually interested or has some ideas, uh, go to stevensavage.com and contact me. Because I'd like to do more with it. I'd like to do another 11 years. Mm. I mean, let's face it. Random crime-fighting alien Bashonen are not going to generate themselves. <laughs> All right. I think I saw that, actually. Could be. <laughs> Random crime-fighting Bashonen would be an anime name, actually. Every episode, some new incredibly handsome guy would show up to save the day, and then he'd never appear again. Mm -hmm. Like Dial H for Hero with awesome hair. <laughs> wow. Okay. Sorry for that image. 
don't dial don't, B for Bishona. Yeah, you don't have to apologize. I think I do after coming up with well. dial B for Bishona. <laughs> yeah, that might be a bit much. Okay, so uh, let's let's move on to the uh, whole fan to pro thing. Um, so you already in the introduction explained kind of, kind of the premise. So I wanted you to uh, kind of talk about that a little bit, especially uh, addressing people who are doing things with uh, tabletop RPGs, since theoretically that's most of my audience. Well, uh, with fan to pro the basic goal is to start a blog and then encourage the members that post to do things like books and presentations on how people turn their fanish and hobby and geeky interests into careers. And I'm one of those people that did it because no one told me I couldn't. Mm -hmm. and I have a met a lot of people where it's like they succeeded because you know they had either good support or no one told them not to live their dreams. I've worked in information tech for 16 years mm -hmm. but a lot of people get their dreams shut down or don't get support or they look at you and figure you can you know you play role-playing games you're into computer games you're smart enough you're fine. So our goal is to help people that are part of what we call the geek economy mm -hmm. realize those careers. I mean we're nerds we run stuff. Mm -hmm. There would be no Google without people like us. Yeah. So my goal is to help people out, and with uh, RPGs, it's really interesting as of late because I've seen a return to the paper RPGs and to card-based games that are not involving collectibles. Mm -hmm. And a lot of this is being supported by online activity, print-on-demand, uh, websites. They have people releasing whole games as PDFs. And I think we're actually seeing a bit of a renaissance right now. I think part of it is that the other games out there that are electronic have rekindled people's interest in gaming. But also I think it's the social media mm -hmm. bringing people together, letting them form groups, and in some cases playing games online. Mm -hmm. I know people that only play D&D &D online now. Yeah, me too. You know, I guess you can cheat on your dice rolls or something, but uh, then again, you'd also post really awesome links to appropriate art that fits what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, um, I'd say for the art, people doing RPGs right now, this is actually, after the many ups and downs of the market, a good time, because all the tools are there to get out there and make your dreams happen. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you can print on demand with Lulu or Smashwords or CreateSpace. You can set up a website cheaply. Um, I go to DreamHost and for $30 or under a month, I've got multiple hostings, multiple databases to run blogs. It's fantastic. So yeah, there's all these great resources out there. That it's a good time to try to make that happen. And you can reach your right audience. Because as you and I have discussed, all you need is a few thousand uh, dedicated fans. And you can make a living at the right thing you're mm -hmm. doing. Okay, well what would you say to people who you know, have the background in tabletop RPGs as far as like looking for jobs and things like that? Well, there's a few things you need to look at. First of all, if you want to make your dream of doing tabletop RPGs, broaden your horizon. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no one in creative industries except a few very lucky people that do one thing. But your ability to publish, to create rules, to write, what have you, may give you many options. Maybe one-third of your career is going to be doing your game and two-thirds is going to be writing articles or doing research. Maybe you'll be a reviewer. Also, the skills you're going to gain doing this stuff can help you get those jobs you need to make it till you get your business or ideas off the ground. If you can put together an RPG, format it, and everything, my God, you'd be a great tech writer mm. or an editor. You know, your hobbies are just amazing sources of gaining skills and getting ideas and seeing what you can do. 
uh, just be a few examples. Is that what you were uh, looking for? Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I, I mean, with with you know, I did the translation editing for Made RPG, mm-hmm. and that was and you still you know, admit it in public. Yes. <laughs> so some people find it weird, but no, it was actually it did actually help me get my current job doing localization for uh, 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 microtransaction MMOs. Kind of like here, I have published a book. I did the editing on that. Uh, my current job, I brought in my two latest books when I interviewed. And how do you react to someone walking in saying, "Yes, I'd like to manage people." By the way, I've self-published two books. Mm. Your ability to create a product, however you do it, even as a hobbyist, really is a testimony to your skills. We could go beyond games, uh, cosplay. If you're able to put together a good cosplay outfit, that shows a level of research, organization, and visual skills that a lot of people might not develop. Hmm. All our hobbies are testimonies to what we can do. We just have to find out how to leverage them properly. If you've ever run a con, become a project manager. I'll show you how. Great certifications, I can advise. (laughs) Sorry, obligatory case where I have to promote my profession. Hmm. It probably won't happen again. Probably, no guarantees. Okay. So yeah, I'd say those. I'd say for people wanting to do stuff in the market, it's a good time if you research the tools. But also, there's many ways you can leverage it to get other career options as well. And even if your dream of say being involved in RPGs or RPG publishing doesn't come true, you might get awful close with the skills that you've developed. And never forget the connections you make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing I'm finding now is because. It's kind of like I'm kind of starting to really hit critical mass with being involved in RPGs, and I'm just like, wow, I know a lot of really cool people. You know, I know Andy K, I know uh, Clay Gardner who does OVA. Um, I, I'm at least I've at least shaken hands with a whole bunch of people in the uh, indie RPG community who who've published all kinds of really neat games. Yep, definitely. You really want to network, and you can use it. And if you don't have a LinkedIn.com account now, folks go get one. That is business social networking. That was, I think, there before Facebook, technically. Hmm. It's been around for a long time. LinkedIn is a business networking tool, and it is awesome. And I know what you mean about meeting people. I was at a GDC, and I'm talking with this guy about, you know, about my age, long hair, and we're, you know, he's got that kind of fashionable, that fashionable look of an older guy that's being kind of styling with the long hair. And we're talking with this one young kid about how you have to know C programming. That teaches you to be a real programmer Mm -hmm. like it was back in our day. And then when this guy went our separate ways, uh, he handed me his card, and I'd been complaining about young kids learning programming with John Romero. (laughs) Wow. Awesome business card, made of metal. So neat, I gave it its own blog entry. Wow. (laughs) You'll meet a lot of people in your professions go and network. Mm -hmm. And all the people you meet in RPG gaming sessions, at game stores, everything you do, the right person is going to be the person that makes your career happen. So treat everyone like the right person. And make your business cards out of metal. (laughs) That's the trick, isn't it? I'm not going to forget it. Now, my favorite business card that I've heard about is apparently the people who work for the Lego company in, I can't remember what country it was, if the actual office is it, but they give each person a little Lego version of themselves with a phone number on the back to hand yeah. out. That is amazing. Yeah, oh, that kind of stuff uh, does work, though. You're not going to forget it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been a year and I'm still going on about the bloody metal card. <laughs> 
Okay, well, I, I think we've pretty well run out of stuff to talk about for the moment. So thank you very much for joining me. Uh, glad to. Uh, maybe I'll be on again sometime. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to mention everyone else out there. Uh, I know you're thinking of all sorts of career options and creative ideas, and the economy seems to be absolutely terrible, but I think it's more important to try to live your dreams because that's what you're good at. And I met a lot of talented people in fandom, and, you know, I want to encourage them to apply what they've learned and the things they do. So thanks for listening to me, and uh, thanks for having me, Ewan. Yeah, I'm really thanks. glad to help. Thanks for coming, and I think that's a great note to finish up this episode. So thank you to you all for listening, and I hope to be heard by you again soon.